co-host tonight back for some more uh since his incorrect picks earlier in the season we have co-host josh smirts all the way down here from canada so a very special appearance for us tonight uh we got a good episode in store we are on a prop palooza prop party whatever you want to call it we got a ton of super bowl props to discuss burke are you excited for the game um or, or has this week of football taken you out of the nfl mode I mean, I don't watch the Pro Bowl regularly, so this kind of off week between the championships and the Super Bowl, it, it really does nothing to me. Um, I didn't watch any of the Pro Bowl at all. Um, in fact, I really didn't care about it too much, but I'm excited now. We're a couple of days away from uh, the big game, and uh, we've got a very interesting matchup on our hands. Yeah, the Pro Bowl sucks. I haven't watched the Pro Bowl in like 10 years. Do you watch the Pro Bowl? Not at all. No, I, I don't know that anybody watches the Pro Bowl. I don't know why anyone plays in the Pro Bowl, I guess, to go to these destinations after the season. I did, however, bet on the Pro Bowl, and I did tweet this out for everybody who follows on Twitter. Uh, AFC minus one and a half. We are victors. So although the Pro Bowl sucks and it's a joke and I was watching um, like Pat Mahomes throw a pick six about six minutes into the game, the AFC did cover the one and a half. The game flew over the total of I think it was like 61 and a half. It got up to about 98 and a half live. So it went under the highest live total, flew over the initial total. I don't know what the score was, 44, 38, something like that. The Couldn't AFC covered. Couldn't tell you. It, it was in the 70s. Uh, nobody tried. I probably watched about six minutes of it on the elliptical, and that was it. Um, but, yeah, I'm glad that we're talking Super Bowl now um, and not, you know, Pro Bowl anymore. But before we get to the Super Bowl, uh, we have to talk some NBA because the NBA is my bread and butter and the trade deadline is rapidly approaching tomorrow. And we have already had one blockbuster trade and I'm anticipating another, uh, I feel like Woj over here. We've all got our phones uh, ready to go on Twitter just in case any news breaks. Um, have you been following the, the trade deadline at all, Burke? Uh Outside of the big stuff with McCollum going to New Orleans and the Kings Pacers trade, I haven't really followed too much, uh, but I do know there are some significant talks going on between the Nets and the Sixers and trying to swap Ben Simmons and a, I believe Seth Curry is the other option in order to yeah. get James Harden out of Brooklyn. Yeah, so that's the rumor mill that's flying around, and that's the way that the money works, is that Curry and Simmons equal just about what James Harden's salaries is. I think um, Simmons and Curry are about $41 million, and Harden is $44. Um, so for everybody who's unfamiliar with NBA trade stuff, um, you have to – you have to like match within 10% of salaries incoming and outgoing to make sure the cash flow works. So that's the deal that's being proposed. I love that deal both ways because I think Simmons is a perfect fit in Brooklyn. His defense there would be phenomenal. And also like that's the best place for him because he doesn't want to shoot. And if he went there, he wouldn't have to shoot and he wouldn't be expected to shoot because, Hey, they already have two other guys in Kyrie and Durant that want to shoot all the time. And I think that's even better for him. I don't know how well he would settle into you know, long-term or short-term not being the point guard. Cause I think he wants to be that LeBron-esque, you know, 0.5 and Kyrie is their point guard. 
you're smiling. Is that because of something I'm saying about this trade? You don't like it? No, it's because I just sneezed on live air. <laughs> well, sneezing on live air is better than whatever you were doing last week, looking up into the corner of your TV every two seconds. I had I had college basketball bets going on at the same time, so I was tracking them to make sure I was doing okay. And unacceptable. I, Un- unacceptable. Attention to detail on this podcast. But the TV is off today, um, and I am fully focused on bringing you guys the best information possible to profit this coming Sunday. Wow, look at this guy. The best info possible. I love it. Um, but yeah, I think that Simmons trade is good. The other trade that I really want to rant on is this Kings Pacers trade. Um, and I was really, I was spicy about this yesterday because the Kings traded, um, Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton for basically, you know, one of the, the, the worst holiday brother and, uh, DeMontis Sabonis. And I love Sabonis. I think he's a great player. He's, he's an all-star obviously, but the Kings are and continue to be the most embarrassing franchise in the NBA currently and for basically our entire lifetime. Burke or Smurts, I'm going to open this up to both of you. I have a little trivia to start things off tonight. The Kings have the longest drought in NBA, in the current NBA, the longest active drought of missed seasons since a playoff appearance. So seasons without going to the playoffs. We'll start with Burke. Do you know how many seasons that is, or do you want to take a guess? I have an idea of when they were last there, which... Well, that, that's the question. It's got to be like the 0203 season when they, they were actually a very good team back then. Um, All right. So what, I'm going to say, say, I'll say 18. Smart. You got an answer for me? It's It's got to be, I'm not going to say 25, 25 years ago. So the longest drought by the Kings is currently 15 years. And this year is going to make it 16. I mean, I got another trivia question for you guys. The second longest team or the longest drought in the league is from the Chicago Bulls. Do you know how long that drought is? The Kings are 16. They're first. The Bulls are second. Do you know what that is, Burke? Is it 10 years. Smurts? Mm. I'm going to say 11. 11 and 10. It's five. So the second longest drought in the league is a five-year playoff drought from Chicago. And after that, it's Charlotte. And I think they're four, or maybe it's the other way around. Charlotte is five or in Chicago's four, whatever. Point of the story is they're both making the playoffs this year and the Kings are not. So the second and third longest drought is literally 33% of what the Kings is. And they're both going to make the playoffs and the Kings are definitely not going to make the playoffs. So there's, there's one stain on the franchise. Number two, they drafted Marvin Bagley over Luka Doncic. All right, which was at the time a travesty for me and anybody else who knows one goddamn thing about basketball. And the Kings still defend it to this day. And they said Bagley was the right pick. He was absolutely not the right pick. So there's two big stains of the franchise. Number three, they drafted Tyrese Halliburton. You know, you've watched Tyrese Halliburton play we were, basketball. We, we were hot on him when he got drafted. He was going to be the steal of the draft or one of the steals of the draft. And he has lived up to the hype so far in his young. And he was the steal of the draft. All they did was do the right thing. And when this guy fell to 11 or 12, whenever they picked, all he did, all they did was pick him. And that turned out to be the best thing they could have had. And they've had him, you know, for in the scheme of things, 10 seconds. And they trade him away with Buddy Heald, who is not a good three-point shooter, but an elite three-point shooter. He is up there with both Curry brothers. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. I think he has one of the best pick and pop rates in the league. And also from the wing in the corner, he's over 40% at three-point shooter. That's an elite three-point shooter with Halliburton, 
who also, not exaggerating, has the potential to be an all-star in the league and be like a top 20 player in this league. He is phenomenal on all aspects of the game. So they have two guards in Fox and Halliburton, and they traded the wrong one. And I think, and tell me if I'm off base here, the package of Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton should get you a Damian Lillard type return, not a DeMontis Sabonis return. Am I right or wrong? Yeah, I mean, DeMontis is a, he's an all-star at some point in his career. He was, He's already been an all-star in his career, but he is not worth just the Buddy Heald and Halliburton trade by himself. He hasn't earned that, that rep yet. Harden, Lillard, somebody, trade. somebody, somebody with superstar potential you should have gotten for that kind of pull. If you're looking to like reload your organization, which the, I was, yeah. the Blazers are trying to do right now, but obviously Lillard has other things on his mind, but it was just, yeah. I, I feel like the Pacers got made away with bandits and the, the Kings, the Kings should just disband their entire organization. They should put a team back in Seattle and start from scratch in my personal opinion. Yeah. Why not? Right. And I was on Kings fans um, Reddit yesterday after this trade went up and they were like livid over this. And I feel bad if there are any Kings fans left, even I feel bad for every single one of them because you've just watched this franchise implode. They're up there with the lions as like the worst franchise in the his in like all of sports. And even the lions have some semblance of hope. Um, but yeah, I feel bad for you Kings fans. I'm hoping that some Simmons news surfaces. I have thought that him for Harden was the trade since Harden was on the Rockets. I still think it's the trade. Um, so we'll see what happens. It's, it's an interesting time of year for sure. We're monitoring the live chat. Megan Warner says, God bless you, Burke. Larry Gilman says prayers for Burke, Burke both with his sneeze and college basketball. Uh, do you have any words for your, your new college basketball strategy? Is it working? It's, it's trending in the correct direction. It's better than the crap I've been throwing out on Twitter for you guys. Um, so just stick with me. I appreciate you guys who are still here and paying attention to those bets. Uh, we're getting better. Uh, the record is going to get close to 500 very soon, and we're going to be peaking come March when it's the most important time of the year for college basketball. That's right. Well, that's what I like to hear. We're going to stick with it. Uh, let's pivot to the biggest betting event of the year, the Super Bowl. Uh, it's finally here. This is probably the first year where sports betting is like really coming mainstream. And we've had a Super Bowl last year. I know it was legal in a lot of states. Um, but this year, you know, obviously it's gaining a lot more traction. Um, and, and a couple of years before that, I don't know if either of you were betting on like offshore books on the Super Bowl seven or 10 years ago. Um, but I certainly was. And it was a much different experience than it is now. It's better in a lot of ways back then, but it's also better in a lot of ways now. Um, let's take a look first. We're going to get into all the props. But first, I want to take a look at the line and the spread. So I'm going to ask for everybody's input, and then we're going to kind of make an argument for the opposite side of this. So let's start with Smurts. Bengals, four and a half, catching four and a half. They are technically the home team, which is funny because the Rams are literally playing at home. Uh, but the AFC, because they take turns, is the home team this year. At four and a half, is it the right number? I, I think it's – the right number for Super Bowl, but I, I have to say that I can't see the Rams winning by less than four and a half. I mean, they're the far superior team, and they have much more Super Bowl experience than, than the Bengals. I want to believe that that Joe Coolborough has a shot at leading a win over the Rams, but 
let's let's just check reality for a second. I don't see that happening. How many Rams current roster players have won a Super Bowl? I'm going to assume the answer is zero. I think that's a trick question. It's pretty close to zero, which is probably the same amount that the Bengals have. So, although well, some all that matters have... really is the stars, right? Stafford has zero. Donald has zero. Well, Von Miller has one, right? Donald's so there's one. Got, Donald's got one. Von Miller's got his. Ramsey's Don, doesn't, Donald doesn't have been, one. He's been to the Super Bowl. No, I'm talking the, about rings. Oh yeah, it's it's Von Miller, and that's. That's probably it. I, there's somebody probably down the depth chart that has one, but Beckham doesn't have one. Cup doesn't have one. Stafford doesn't have one. Joey Burrow definitely doesn't have one, right? Chase doesn't have one. Higgins doesn't have one. Um, Joe Mixon doesn't have one. So the stars are fairly new. Where the difference comes into play, though, and I think what's what Smurts is saying is the Rams were there a couple of years ago, and that coaching staff was there, and McVay was there, right? If you remember that Patriots-Rams Super Bowl, that was a very low-scoring affair. So McVay pretty much did his job in stopping Tom Brady. And if he could stop Tom Brady on the road, right, literally not in their home stadium, and now they're in their home stadium, I can't imagine he doesn't come up with a way to stop Joe Burrow. Now, you're looking at the other end of the ball where we just watched Sweet Lou stop the best quarterback in the league in Patty Mahomes for a whole second half. My take, and I'm interested to see your thought on this, Pat Mahomes was, was concussed in that game. Do you agree or disagree? I disagree. He took a hit towards the end of the first half. I wouldn't I be surprised. I, I disagree because Mahomes was concussed for two games against the Bengals in the second half. Sure, it did happen twice, and I know that's a pattern. They got out. Point. They got out coached, out schemed by uh, from the defensive side of the ball uh, for two straight second halves. One at home, one on the road. Uh, I know you've been saying for several weeks that the Bengals being in the Super Bowl or getting this far is an absolute fluke. Um, I I am leaning towards them at this point, based on where everything is currently shaking out. I know you are. And, and I want to, I want to talk about that. And I think it's fitting that Smurts and I are here because Smurts and I were leading the bandwagon on this Ram Super Bowl thing since the summer. And it took a lot for me to convince you to actually place cold, hard money on the Rams, but you did so. And how do you feel now, my friend? I feel rich. <laughs> my pockets are full. Well, they're not full yet. Let's, did hope, you hedge? let's hope that statement doesn't come back to haunt you too early. Did you hedge about that? I hedged. I hedged. I wanted. I wanted something at the end of the day, but I I left a little room for the for the Rams to bring back more earnings for me. And that's the team we supported from the beginning. So you got to leave the biggest earnings for our team. Yeah, I think that's the key. And and again, we want to talk about hedging. And remember, for those of you that aren't aware, what hedging is, it's basically when you take a position on one side of a bet. And then you know you're getting an advantageous position. Maybe you take so you take a pre tip line in an NBA game where the game's supposed to go over 200 points. And then the teams start off in a blazing hot run and the live total is up to like 230. Okay. So you have over 200. You're feeling good about that. The hedge would be to take under 230 and that way you can't lose, but you can also, you know, double your winnings if it's in that little bracket or if it goes above you break even if it goes below you break even that's a hedge where you're limiting your risk but also limiting your reward but guaranteeing that there's no risk so our hedge in this case we have a lot of money on the rams at extraordinary odds like 15 to 1 right 14, 14 to 1, to one. Yeah. um so our risk is basically just taking the bengal's money line or the bengal's plus a couple points at plus 130 plus 125 and the money line is plus 165 
And that way we get a nice middle, right? We can, uh, you can try to squeeze the game between three and zero, or you could, you could just try to, you know, make money on either side. And the point of the Super Bowl, and we're going to get into this, you need to have fun betting and watching the Super Bowl. This should not be a stressful experience. If it's a stressful experience, you're doing it wrong. There's money to be made on the Super Bowl for sure, but you don't want to be in a position where we bet all this money in July and we feel great that we've made it this far. And it's kind of a miracle that we have made it this far, but you don't want to be in a position where it's Super Bowl Sunday and you are, you are stressed out like you have been for the past four weeks, watching them play the Bucks, watching them play the 49ers. You want to enjoy the game, right? And I think that's the point of the hedge. I know it's a bad monetary decision to hedge because we still feel the Rams are going to win, but you want to enjoy the game. Am I right, Burke? This is supposed to be a funny, betting is supposed to be fun. Yeah, I think the really only, the only time you should be like nervous for the game is if you're like a diehard of one of the two teams and you just you just live and sure. die every single game anyway. So you're kind of used to it. But as an outside non-biased better on either one of these two teams, which none of us are true fans of either of them, uh, do your research, put some money down, and uh, hope for the best. But enjoy it. Don't don't be stressing too much. It's it's just a game. Just a game. Well said, my friend. Uh, we have an interesting point in the chat from Larry Gilman. Sony Michelle did win a Super Bowl for the Patriots against these Rams. So we have another, you know, pseudo star ring on the Rams, uh, which is a pretty good point to make because he could be the guy. I know that goes against your Cam Akers hedge, but uh, or not hedge Cam Akers futures bet, right? What do you have him at? I've got him at plus 30,000 to win the Super Bowl MVP. So a $10 bet that I put on him will net me three, win three grand. grand. Well, I, we're going to be hoping for you because that means the Rams would win. And that means that you and I would both be and Smurts would be coming into a lot of money. So I love that. We got Smurts' take on the Rams covering the four and a half. I think Burke's leaning more towards the Bengals. How about the total? The total's at 48 and a half. It opened at 50. I immediately posted on our Twitter account that we should be going under 50 because it would fall. It did fall. It hasn't really moved since then. It's been 48 and a half most of the time. Where we landed on this total, Burke? Um, at the moment, I am leaning on the under. It looks like the over are getting a lot of uh, money currently, at least on the books that I'm looking at. Um, but I feel like these two defenses are going to show out. I, they, they've carried them this far uh, in the playoffs, and I think they're going to be the keys to the game on both sides. Um, there's going to be a couple crucial turnovers here and there throughout the game that's going to swing momentum one way or the other, but I don't think they get to 48 and a half in it it goes to show in like big time primetime games lean the under because rarely do you get a high scoring affair like a very high scoring affair and I think these defenses are too good too talented uh, they're the bread and butter of each team at this point in time um, they're going to keep the game low scoring on both sides in my opinion so take the under yeah I mean these Super Bowls tend to go under um, obviously if you look at the last one the Rams were in it was 13 to 3 so that one flew over whatever the total was it was probably around the mid 40s the last like over 50 Super Bowl we had was the Chiefs uh, Niners Super Bowl and that total was 54 and a half what was that what, 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 was, what was last year's total for the Bucks um, and the Chiefs I feel like that's probably close to 52 it was probably I don't remember offhand it was probably around what we have now about 47 48 and a half um, and that one went under just because the chiefs couldn't do a damn thing. But the last total that we had in the mid fifties was the chiefs Niners. 
And that was because the Chiefs were scoring points at will that season. And it was, you know, they literally couldn't be stopped. And, you know, I remember I had a bet in that Super Bowl for neither team to get to 30. And it was looking good because the Chiefs were at like 17 with four minutes left. Uh, and they got to 30. They threw that uh, final screen pass touchdown to, um, who was it, Daryl Williams was their running back or, so, or somebody like that. And uh, they got to 31. But that game ended at 51. So it was not, it was not over in that game either. So typically these things go under and I'm definitely leaning under 50. I think this gets bought up to 49 by game time because the public loves to bet overs and 49 is a pretty key number. Remember the key numbers and totals we have are 49, 51 and 54. So if we get to 49, I'm going a hard under on that. I already have an under in at 50 at 48 and a half. I still probably lean under, but it's softer play. What do you think smarts? I was leaning the under also. And I never thought I'd say this, but I agree with Burke. I mean, in, in Super Bowls, I feel much more comfortable going with the under. It's a strategic chess match. There's likely going to be a lot of risk taken on, on behalf of the Bengals. Um, I, I think they'll, they'll want to take any opportunity they have to, to go for a score, to convert a fourth down. I don't see that working for, in their favor all the time. So I got to go with the under. So we're all on under. That's um, not good. That's, that's not good. That's not good. We've been playing a little game called one word answers, and I'm going to ask you both this one word answer, and then I'm going to have a reason for it. So Burke first, then Smertz. One word answer. Are both quarterbacks going to throw an interception in this game? No. Okay, Smertz. No. Is one quarterback going to throw an interception in this game? Burke. Yes. Smertz. Yes. All right, so interesting. We're all aligned on this. My reason for asking this is because we're all on the under, and yet we think, and I think both quarterbacks are going to throw an interception. So I've, that's a little preview of my props. I'm going to pitch that later. But we all think at least one interception is getting thrown. Interceptions and turnovers lead to points and scoring. You may think they don't, but fumbles lead to turnovers and better field position. Interceptions lead to runbacks and pick sixes and better field position and essentially points. So I'm not talking you know, a difference of 10 points, but if we have a total of 48 and a half and we get one interception from Matt Stafford, that could very well be a pick six where maybe the Rams were on their own 30 and they weren't going to score that drive. So that's now seven more points than we had. Does that logic sway either of your thinking? One word answer. Does that sway your thinking on under 48 and a half, Burke? No, I, I don't, I, I don't think even with the, potential for turnovers i i don't see these teams pushing that number i i, I think it's going to be the first to 20 is going to win the game my opinion that was a little more than one word smirts no no very good we have a co-host who knows the rules all right awesome uh i agree i i do think there will be turnovers i don't think this leads to points uh or more points because like burke said i think it could be a first to 20 i see this as like a 17 10 kind of game I just don't see a lot of scoring going on. And again, yeah. I think I think both of these defenses are going to buckle down in the red zone, which is going to lead to field goals, which is going to lead to a prop bets in the future, which we will be disclosing very shortly on uh, kicker total points. One of Burke's uh, one of Burke's specialties is because I love I love the kickers. And as as Smurts and probably some of our listeners at this point know uh Burke drafts a kicker in our fantasy drafts in like the fourth round every year and I know I, I just get the feeling that he's getting a little hard on for uh, money Mac and he's going to draft him as the first kicker off the board next year you should um, go second right. round you should go second round right after Mahomes 
is ADP. Yeah, him and Mahomes in the middle of round two, right? That'd be good. Um, so we've talked a little bit about the side totals and the, and the total. Um, but I want to play a little role reversal here. So man smarts are probably leaning towards the Rams to cover the four, four and a half, whatever it is. Burke's probably leaning towards the Bengals to cover the four, four and a half. I want to reverse the tides a little bit. So I want Burke to argue for the Rams to cover. And then me and Smurts are going to formulate an argument for the Bengals to cover. And maybe that makes us more well-rounded betters if we can see the other end of this. So Burke, I'm going to ask you to go first. What is the case that the Rams cover? Let's use the higher line four and a half. Uh, coaching experience and superstar power. They've got more of it. They've, they've got a coach, a head coach that's coached in a Super Bowl, lost in the Super Bowl already. There's, there's motivation right there. That's just natural. Um, as a competitor, if, if you've gotten so close and, and come up that short, uh, you're going to do whatever it takes to get back and get over the hump and get to the promised land. So I think that's a really big factor in this game. Obviously, the Bengals, they have the coaching experience. It's not there in, in a big time game like this. And you've got arguably the best defensive player in the last 15 years in Aaron Donald on the defensive line, who is terrorizing quarterbacks. You've got a very weak Bengals offensive line and if they scheme Donald and Von Miller who's one of the most prolific pass rushers in the last 10 years as well who's also got a Super Bowl I believe he won MVP that year too when they beat yes, the Panthers uh, if they scheme well enough to uh, be Blitz and Burrow all day it could be a long night for uh, Cincinnati um, and obviously they've got the best receiver in football this year arguably in Cooper Cup on their side with a hot OBJ who is not distracted by outside sources. He's playing very well right now. Uh, it's going to be – that's that's my take. If, if the Rams are going to cover, they're going to lean on their superstars and they've got more star power to do it. And obviously the coaching experience, which could get them to winning by seven or more points, which would easily cover that four, four and a half we've been talking about. All right, so Smurts, do you have a Bengals case? Can you even get yourself there to fathom a Bengals case? I can, I, you know, you can call it a fluke that they're here, but at the end of the day, they got here and they beat some damn great teams to get here. Um, and, and just look at Joe Burrow, how cool he is in his shades. Uh, he is, he is a flat out winner if, if anyone is. And I believe that he could find a way to, to go shot for shot with Stafford. Um, I, I understand the Rams have a, have a strong defense, but if you look up at their past matchups, especially in the playoffs, I mean, they allowed a ton of points to happen. And really, they they lost focus in, in the past two games. Uh, they let the Bucks come back. I know it's Tom Brady, but they had a huge cushion going into the second half. They blew it. Uh, and even the last game, they, they blew the, the first half. And while they did stage a comeback, it was it was not looking hopeful for a while. And so if they lose that focus against the Bengals, which I'm afraid they might, uh, given the, the star power on the Rams versus not so much on the Bengals, uh, we could be in trouble on the Rams side. All right, so I'm going to make a Bengals case, and I'm going to preface this by saying I don't believe this at all, but I'm going to make a damn good Bengals case. You ready for this, Burke? You're going to love this. You ready? I'm, I'm listening. All right, let me, let me put my Cincinnati helmet on. By the way, the Bengals going with the all-black costumes for the Super Bowl. Uh, Rams going with the 
the blue and yellow getups. I, I don't know that I love the matchup. Would have liked to see Cincy in their all whites and the Rams riding their dark home uniforms, but that's all right. We're going to save that for another day. Usually, usually the team wearing white typically wins the Super Bowl, so I'm kind of surprised neither team is going that route. You know, I did see that this week, and, that, and that's interesting. Um, do the costumes play a factor to, to be decided? I guess we'll see. But anyways, here's my Bengals case. I'm going to put my Bengals helmet on for a minute. <clears throat> Joe Burrow has taken the league by storm and he is a better quarterback than Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford, when blitzed is a phenomenal quarterback, but when he is not blitzed, he is the 24th best quarterback in the league. That is not bad. That is very bad. That is bottom echelon of the league. Uh, you know, worse than Jared Goff when he's not blitzed. We just saw big blue, the defensive coordinator for Cincinnati stifle Pat Mahomes by rushing three for an entire half actually for about three quarters. Okay. So if Matt, if Matt, if Pat Mahomes can't do it, there's not a chance in hell that Matt Stafford's not throwing an interception. This point, this game could be decided by seven points. It could be decided by three points. If Matt Stafford throws an interception and Joe Burrow doesn't, which has been the case so far, Joe Burrow has played the Titans who were supposedly a great D. He has played the Raiders who are not a great D, but he played well against them. And then he's played the Chiefs, whose defense allowed no more than 14 points for two straight months in the middle of the season. And he played well enough to win. Matt Stafford has not really played well enough to win. He almost gave that Bucks game away. In the second half of the Niners game before the regular season ended, he almost gave that game away. And then that very team got in the playoffs and almost beat them in the NFC Championship. I believe in Sweet Lou taking down Matt Stafford in the second half of this game by rushing three, not blitzing, and making him put the pressure on. I believe in Money Mac, all right? If this game comes down to a field goal, I just watched Matt Gay, who's supposedly the NFC's best kicker, come up short on a 47-yard field goal. I haven't seen a kicker come up short in years, and he came up short on a field goal in the NFC divisional round. I have not seen McPherson miss a field goal or even think that he was going to miss a field goal all playoffs. That dude is ice cold. So if you need three points, McPherson is the guy to do it. There is also a confidence around Joe Burrow that I do not see with Matt Stafford, that I do not even see with Cooper Cup. I was listening to Cooper Cup talk about a on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about how he makes all his routes look the same, right? And that's how he's able to be so successful is when he comes out of his break, his in route looks the same as his post route, looks the same as his fade route, looks the same as his curl route. And, and that's not a secret. Like everybody tries to do that, but Cooper Cup has just obviously gotten very good at it. I don't know that Matt Stafford even knows what route he's running. Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow know exactly what the other one is thinking. And my case is that Joe Burrow is going to have a better connection with him in this game than Matt Stafford will have with Cooper Cup. And whatever one receiver and one quarterback has the better connection, that could be the difference in the game. If we think it's going under, then that could be the difference. One throw could be the difference, okay? And this Bengals team has this aura of, we really believe in Joe Burrow, all right? Like, Nobody on that team is, is too big for their helmet, right? The ego is not there. They all believe they are supposed to be there. And they've all believed that they're going to be there because Joe Burrow is a winner. And playing in college has literally no effect on how you're going to play in the NFL. But the fact that he won in college is worth something because he was a winner then and he's a winner now. And Matt Stafford has been a goddamn Detroit Lion for the most of his career and hasn't won a thing. So that's my Bengals case. What do we think? I love those points. It's, it's, it's making me I don't feel, believe one word of it. It's, it's making me feel more confident. I'm going to give you another tidbit of information, which I've, I've, I think I've mentioned it the last couple of weeks regarding Joe Burrow since college, since the year before they won 
the national championship going back to that bowl game in winner take all games in his career that would include the sec championship college football semifinal national championship the wild card round this year week 16 and 17 of this year to get to the playoffs the divisional round the afc championship he's never lost you do a point here He's never lost. He's never lost. Well, that's fair, but I mean, he's going to lose eventually, right? He's not going to be undefeated in these games. Is that, that's true, right? I, we, we can't say for sure. He could be the greatest quarterback of all time. We just don't see it yet. It's just too early to tell. But, well, but, I guess uh, that's the thing. Let me give you each another as of, one. As of, now, I, as of now, I haven't seen him lose in a winner-take-all game. Let me, let me give you each another one-word answer, okay? Over, under a half Super Bowl for Joe Burrow. Counting this one, but over under one half Super Bowl, Burke. Over. Smirts. Under. Yeah, I mean, depending on the odds you give me that, I go under because there's absolutely no guarantee that he will ever get back here, right? So I don't know that he'll win this one. And if he doesn't I, win this I one, I don't a, think he'll ever I have win a another feel, one. I have a feeling that a lot of free agents are going to want to play for him and he's going to be able to attract talent to wherever he goes. Which is not like LeBron, man. People aren't going to Cincinnati because Joe Burrow's there. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. They followed Tom Brady to Tampa. Rob Gronkowski fake retired. So he didn't have to go to Detroit. But Rob Gronkowski also came out this week, said if he has to go play somewhere, he's going to go play with Joe Burrow now that Tom's retired. I don't don't want this going on Chalk Talk record here. We did not just compare Joe Burrow and Cincinnati to the GOAT Tom Brady and the lovely backdrop of Tampa Bay, did we? No, it was just a statement. Just, just an unrelated statement. Okay, I like it. We have some chat in the uh, chat in the um, comment section about the national anthem. Um, Mickey uh, Guyton, I have no idea who that is, but she's singing the national anthem. The over under time. This is a great time to start our prop of Palooza, right? So the over under time for the national anthem is ninety eight seconds. Um, I think this is a stupid bet, but it's definitely going to leak the day before because the the anthem singer always records it the day before or practices it. And usually that time leaks, so you can find the recording online. Um, I don't know. Do we ever bet on stuff like this? No. Smirts? I just don't care about it. How, how can I put money on this? Because it's fun. And we well, said betting's supposed to be fun. Yes, but here's the, here's the problem. It's the first thing that occurs. It occurs before the game, even before the coin toss, I believe. And if you're wrong on a bet before the game even starts, that – that builds the stress level immediately. You can't enjoy the game the way you want to enjoy it. <laughs> so Literally, it's just like $5 you start off on, on the wrong foot, which is something that I don't agree with. I don't like betting on the coin toss because there's just there's just too much chance you can't control. So here's here's what I like doing. I like doing like a prop party sheet, right? So if you have a Super Bowl party or you're with a couple of friends, you fill out a prop party sheet, and that includes the stuff like the national anthem time, the coin toss, you know, stuff about commercials, halftime, and that way you can have some fun. Because there's nothing better than every year me pulling out my clock on my cell phone and hitting start when the national anthem starts and then me staring at it for it to hit two minutes or a minute 40 or whatever and having, you know, a wager in place. I just think it's fun. So don't bet, obviously, a lot on something like this because it is stupid. Um, Let's bet the coin toss, though. Can we start with betting the coin toss? Because both ways are minus 104. 
which is first of all ridiculous. Like somebody's got to lose four cents on this. It's 50-50 either way, right? Uh, one word answer. Burke, heads or tails? Heads. Smurts. I can't say what Burke said. Tails. Tails never fails. That's the that's the the toss. I'm going with tails this year. Um, with that, let's hop into our props. So there's obviously a lot of props like this that are you know more fun props. You know what will the halftime singers wear? What song will be played first? Time of the national anthem, coin toss, stuff like that. They side note, and I don't know what it would be this year, but they always have these television props like. When the Harbaugh brothers played, it was how many times they would show the parents. When Brady plays, it's always how many times they showed Giselle. Um, the answer is always under. It's always like two and a half or one and a half. It's always under. They do not veer from the game in these Super Bowls. So whatever the whatever the line is this year, if it's how many times will they pan to Matt Stafford's wife because they've been showing her a lot, it's going under whatever the total is. Okay, um, it you know take that for for what it's worth. But that's a dumb bet too. Uh, but they also have a lot of props that are like game specific props, right? And I think that's where we're going to focus a lot of our time and resources tonight. So what we've done is we are, we've compiled a list of props from all these different websites, a bunch of different books. We've tried to find our best lines um, and we're going to talk about them and we're going to say, Hey, is there anything we really want to pitch? Is there anything we like kind of like, is there anything that we want to, uh, you know, hammer ahead of time and, and get out ahead of the crop? Um, and also, you know, let's, let's try to make our best bets tonight too. So everything we pitch tonight is stuff that I have either bet on, or I'm considering betting on and Smurts and Burke are going to be the same way. Let's start with our co-host Smurts tonight. Can you give me one prop that you really love that you're going to say is your best bet? And let me tell the audience when Smurts was on this podcast four months ago, his best bet was, I think the Texans to cover like 17 and a half against the Cardinals. And they lost by a little bit more than 17. So Smurts is 0-1 on this podcast. But let's see if he can redeem himself with the Super Bowl pick. Smurts, go. You get a second chance, you might not get a third. So I take this very seriously. I mean it this time. You're not allowed back if this is wrong. <laughs> so one thing we talked about before is Samaja P. Ryan. Given the Rams' tough pass rush, you have to – think that Burrow's going to be dumping it off to the side, quick passes short over the middle, uh, running screen passes. You know he's not dumping it off to, to Mixon. So P. Ryan's going to be there to scoop those yards up. The over right now is at eight and a half. You think that that could be as simple as one pass to him. He gets that eight and a half. I think that's a slam dunk at minus I, 125. I love that bet. And you are paying a little bit for it, minus 125. And that's on DraftKings, right, Josh? That's on DK. Minus 125 on DraftKings. Our first pick of the night is Samaje P. Ryan, over eight and a half receiving yards. Burke, what say you about that pick? I actually like that because my, my thoughts on these props are trying to simulate how the game's going to be played and who's going to touch the ball the most, which tends to lead to more yards. Um, in a similar situation, which I prefaced last week as my lock of the year, I'm going to continue to state this as the lock of the year because of that nasty pass rush that the Rams have. I have a feeling Joe Burrow is going to be scrambling for his life quite a bit with that lackluster offensive line. His rushing yard total right now on FanDuel is 10 and a half. And I think he blows it's over down. that. It was 11 and a half, wasn't it? I, I saw it just before we went live and it was at 10 and a half on FanDuel. 10 and a half is good. Even at 11 and a half, I think he clears 20, no problem. Lock of the year. 
lock of the year. Burrow I know Burrow's yards. been pitching that one for a while. I don't hate it. I think it's a good bet to get Joe Burrow over the 10 and a half or 11 and a half, whatever it is, because he is going to be scrambling a lot. And that kind of leads into my next play, which is, you know, his passing yardage uh, under. And you, do you have what it is right now? Do you have his passing yardage? It is 273 and a half. 273 and a half. So that's what I talked about earlier this week. He opened in the 250s. And for some reason, he's got bet up about 20 yards, which is insane. I love, 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 love Joe Burrow under two under 273 and a half passing yards because a couple things. Number one, what we talked about, that pass rush from the Rams is insane. And the Bengals offensive line is pretty banged up. So Burrow's passing attempt prop is 36 and a half. His completion prop is 24 and a half. That means they're expecting him to go 25 for 37. I don't know that he gets 37 worthwhile attempts in this game. And what I mean by that is he might drop back 37 or 38 times. Four of those might be sacks. Three of those may be pressures and throwaways. So if you take seven off of 37 dropbacks, he's got 30 dropbacks to throw for almost 300 yards, 10 yards per attempt. I don't think he's getting there in this game that we think is very low scoring. One of my best bets of the weekend is Joe Burrow under 273 and a half. Burke, you're a Bengals supporter. Can you talk me out of that? Nope. I agree. They're gonna, Agreed, shorten, they're, they're gonna try and shorten the game and try to run the football, I think, a little bit too. Um, and again, he's gonna I think the legs are gonna be more important than the arm, quite frankly, to win the game for the Bengals. I wanna believe he'll he'll throw for more than that. I I you gotta know that the Bengals are planning for that tough pass rush and they'll come up with a scheme to to battle that. Um, but I, I can't argue with that logic, to be honest. It's just a lot of yards and Stafford for reference is only like 281 or 282 and Stafford's scheme is much more uh, downfield than Burrow's scheme. So the only way that Burrow gets to that 270, 275 number is if he hits Jamar Chase on like an 80 yard touchdown, which is certainly possible, but rare. Right. And I'm not going to bet on that one play being the difference. So I just think the number's too high. If it was in the two fifties, We've got a different conversation, but at 273, I'm loving his under. Also, now, is, on the other is, end of that, is, is, is Uzoma playing or is he still hurt? Um, I'm not sure on Uzoma. I know Higby is out, uh, which that, which hurts the Rams a little bit. But uh, I think Uzoma might be in. Smurts, check on his uh, – see if there's any props up for him. Because that'll, that'll, about... that'll probably lead towards not wanting to throw the ball as much either on the Bengals' side if he's out. Another. Yeah, another I mean, he's been a good safety valve. He's been a good usage of the middle of the field. Um, no, no news yet, but they're optimistic. So he'll probably play. I, I imagine he'll play, but maybe he's not hundred percent. Maybe that helps the bet. There's two other team bets that I want to take a look at. These are both available on Unibet. Uh, neither team to 30 points is even odds actually minus one Oh two. I love that. How are, how is either of these teams getting to 30? My take the was, silence is they're not. My thought was 20. <laughs> Yeah, that, so that leads to my next bet. Neither team to 25 points is plus 245. I love that. Yeah. I'll take the silence again as you guys like the bet, right? If you can get neither team to 25 at almost two and a half to one, maybe maybe uh, double your exposure on neither team to 30 at minus 102. That way you're covered either way. And if neither team gets to 25, you're winning about three units there. Burke, what do you think about the strategy? Smart. Smart. If you can project 
what you think is going to happen and you get really good odds at something that you that's wider than where you think the the line should be should hammer it yeah i think plus 245 is pretty good value on that and 25 is kind of a square number um so i kind of like that too there's also an interesting bet out there on unibet any quarter to be scoreless plus 370 are we into that yeah I, I I could see a quarter being scoreless. I could see the first quarter being scoreless. Yeah, I could too. That's the quarter I was thinking of, first quarter. What do you think, Smurds? Plus 370, any quarter. I don't buy it. I, both these offenses are strong. Someone's bound to score. Uh, you know McPherson could hit it from, from 60 out. Well, I guess that's the thing, right, is the Bengals kind of get in range pretty quick. So you're looking at, you know, if there's any field goal kicked in the first quarter, you're probably losing this bet. You may have to win it in the first quarter, but at almost four to one, I just thought it was good value for a game that we think is going under. Um, the other one kind of a um, interesting play on the score that I think is going to happen is uh, cup or chase to score a 50 plus yard touchdown. And this is on DraftKings. It's plus 225. You get either of them, Cooper cup or Jamar chase to score a 50 plus yard touchdown at over two to one. What do we think of that one, Burke? I don't see it happening because I think the uh, the Bengals, based on what we discussed earlier, they're going to play. They're going to sit back and just let the under routes happen. So very unlikely that Cup gets behind the defense for a long touchdown. They're going to try and keep him in front. And I think Ramsey's going to be able to blanket Chase pretty well. Um, and it'll be tough for him to get free. I know it can happen, but chances are pretty slim. I don't. I don't. I don't see like monster monster uh wide receiver catches to uh coming sunday well the idea is it only takes one though right it takes one busted coverage it takes one designed play and these guys have two weeks to do it smarts can i talk you into that one if i were to pick between the two i would say chase has the better shot well you get them both you get them both at plus 225 well i get do we know that that ramsey's gonna be covering chase first of all he will be. I don't, he, ain't covering, he ain't covering Higgins, that's for sure. He'll, he'll definitely shadow Chase for a lot of this, yeah. That gives me reason for concern that he, he won't get over that 50. Can I talk you out of this by saying Ramsey was covering Mike Evans in the divisional round when he scored that, I don't know if it was 50 yards, but it was damn close to it, touchdown to basically tie the game at the end? I have to trust Evans' experience over Chase. Yeah, I don't look, I don't love this bet, but I think the odds were interesting at plus 225. It's a fun bet, at least again. So if you're looking to put five or ten bucks on something, maybe this is a good one to do it on. It's a fun one to win. Burke, did you have any receiving props you wanted to talk about? Not really. Um I'm not really looking at that for my my crucial picks. I'm looking elsewhere. Okay. So I want to build on one that you talked about because we're talking about the underneath routes being a thing. Um and you know who runs a lot of those underneath routes for the Rams is Odell Beckham. And I think if you're targeting Cooper Cup and you're not allowing those big uh, big score plays and big chunk plays, you're going to make Stafford check it down. And again, check downs to him are 8, 9, 10 yards because um, he's looking at Cup in that 15 to 20 yard range. So if you're getting a lot of Beckham check downs, I love him going over 63 and a half receiving yards. I think Beckham's a huge part of this game. I also love him as an anytime touchdown at plus 130. These are both available on DraftKings. I'm sure elsewhere too, but plus 130 anytime TD. Beckham over 63 and a half uh, receiving yards, minus 110. Smarts, do you like either, both of those, none of those? Is is this a Beckham game? I love the Beckham TD. 
uh, especially with Higby out. Higby's a, off, a frequent uh, red zone target, and with him out of the picture, I think they're going to go to OBJ. Burke, how about you? I agree. I mean, he's he's been getting the ball early and often in these games, trying to establish him, which has been freeing up Cup later on in the game for bigger plays. Um, I do like the OBJ props here. I don't think they stray from what's got them here. Yeah, I think these Beckham props are, again, one of my best bets of the night is OBJ to go over his 63 and a half. And I love him to score a touchdown. Um, I, there's probably also a prop up there. They always have a prop over under two and a half um, people that take a passing, uh, that throw a pass in the game. So it doesn't even have to be completed, but it's usually like, plus 150 or plus 200 that three people attempt to pass in the game. So you're winning that one. If a quarterback gets hurt, you're winning that one. If Beckham throws a, a screen pass or whatever, you know what I mean? I like that one too. Um, Smurts, any, what's your next prop that you wanted to get to? I think we touched on all of them, to be honest. Oh man. I was a big fan of that uh, burrow over. I have 11 and a half yards rush. Uh, completely agreeing on that over. Uh, I, you know what, one thing we didn't touch on, uh, I know we touched on interceptions in general, but I, I have a feeling Burrow's going to be throwing one. I mean, he, he just does not have any Super Bowl experience. He, even though he is a winner. Here's Matt like Stafford. What are we talking moment. about here? What are we talking about? He's, he's going to be, he's going to be rushed quick and often, and he's bound to make a mistake because of that. He's going to run. He ain't going to try and throw it. He's too smart. Hey, look, man, I could see him making a mistake. One of my one of the props that I like is actually if you can parlay them together. And by the way, screw FanDuel because they won't let you same game parlay this thing and they won't let you same game parlay a lot of stuff. And like, come on, if you're opening these books to the public, like I get it if you don't want to pay out the normal odds. But if you're not going to let me combine both quarterbacks to throw an interception at plus 180, what it should be, let me do it at like plus 140, right? Just let me do whatever I want. It's the Super Bowl. It's the only game out there. Like, let me same game parlay, whatever the hell I want. Right. But I would love to find a book and Bovada lets you do this. Not that I, not that I use any of these illegal offshores or anything. Both quarterbacks to throw an interception is plus 180. Burke, can you get on Smertz's Burrow pick, which is close to, you know, minus 130 or Stafford at minus 150 or both of them at plus 180? Well, what I discussed earlier when we played the, uh, the one word answers and I said that one but not both would be throwing interceptions in this game my thoughts are Stafford's going to throw one and Burrow's going to be clean um and I'm sticking to that all right I mean I don't hate it and I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on both of them individually to throw an interception because of the vig that you're paying and again the vig is if it's minus 150 remember that means you have to bet 150 to win 100 so the VIG in that case is you're paying 50 cents on the dollar. You're paying an extra 50 bucks to win hundred. The VIG on these is too high to take them both individually. I wouldn't take either of them maybe individually, but I would probably take them both together because why not, right? If you think one of them is going to throw one and you can get plus 180 on both of them, why not, right? So that's, that's where I'm leaning there. Not quite a, a long shot is my next bet. How about this one on FanDuel? A safety to be scored in the game, plus 960. How about it, Burke? I was actually looking elsewhere for like a long shot bet, and I have one that's not okay. It's, it's hold, close hold on to, that. to it. We'll have you give yours next. Um, if what do you think about a safety? Almost 10 to 1. 
I mean, it's worth throwing some money on it because if you get you get punt, these punters have been playing pretty well throughout the course of the playoffs. If you can pin somebody in, and especially if you pin the Bengals deep, and you you let Vaughn Miller and Donald disrupt that offensive line, the, the potential is definitely there. So it's definitely worth considering. Well, and that's not the only way you get a safety, right? Remember, this happened twice in recent history. Actually, is the first score of the game twice. Okay. Um, it happened in that Broncos game. And then again, it happened uh, Brady with it, a uh, grounding in the end zone in that Eagles game. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. And then the, and the uh, first the, score the, of the game, the safety pays like 60 to one. Well, that was, that was the Bengals Seahawks or the, the Broncos Seahawks at, at the, yep. uh, at uh, MetLife. Uh, yep. Manning just had no idea where he was in that game. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, and that's what happened. Uh, Smurts, you look like you're digging up some research on this. I'm, I'm curious about this one. I would have guessed. Could you guess how many times it's happened in Super Bowl history? How many times the safety has been scored at any time? Yep. Seven. Seven I'm gonna times. Say, I'm going to go higher. I'm going to go like 12. It's a little bit different. It's nine. Nine. Really? Okay. Yeah. And it's actually happened three times in a row from 2013 to 2015. Wow. I told you. I told you. So recently it's a little more by, but what'd you say? It's nine. Nine. And how many Super Bowls have there been? 50 something? 50 this will be the 56th. This is 56. So, so it happens 16% of the time. I feel like plus 960 is pretty good for something that happens almost 20% of the time. Yeah, it's it's definitely something to consider. And especially with the pass rush and the weakness of uh, the Bengals offensive line, if, if any team's going to do it, it's going to be the Rams on Joe Burrow. Um, well, in my opinion, you remember, you remember who uh, Von Miller is on the other end of that, and he has won a Super Bowl MVP. And if he's going to win another one, he's going to score a touchdown, right? And that, or, or he's going to, or, or safety, he's going to force a fumble at a critical time. Uh, I never it could be. Who knows? So I that, never, I, I never said. Yeah. So I'm also looking at something very interesting too. Let's at, hear your long shot at plus nine twenty. The game to go to overtime. Interesting. That's plus nine twenty. Plus nine twenty. That it goes to overtime. Um, okay. I think this game is going to be very close. I think it's going to be a game of kicks. It's going to be a game of defense. And typically, when you have those ingredients in a primetime mega game like this, the game is going to be close throughout. Um, and there's been significant talks this this playoffs on overtime and if they should change the rules. And I have a feeling because of all of that, we're going to see an overtime game in the biggest game of the year. Just, okay. just a hunch, just a hunch. So for reference, and this kind of validates our safety point, you're saying the overtime is plus 920, right? Yep. Okay. Safety was plus 960, and that's happened nine times. How many times has overtime in a Super Bowl happened? Just Once. one, 28 to three, right? So you're getting better odds for something that's happened nine times as often, but the overtime's not a bad one either because you could be in that bet for most of the game, right? It could be close and you could be on the verge of having this overtime. I don't hate it. Like the Bengals just went to overtime last week. The Rams almost went to overtime against the Bucks. They've won all their games by three except the Cardinals game. So I don't hate it. At almost 10 to one, that's a decent bet too. I think Smertz is looking for a more long shot bet. So I'm going to give him a second there to get that. And I'm going to give you a couple of my longest reception bets. All right, Burke. So circling back to these uh, receiving props, a lot of these receivers 
have bigger gains on their catches, especially the Rams because their downfield uh, A dot is much higher. Jamar Chase over 27 and a half and Beckham over 22 and a half longest reception. Can I interest you on either of them? Both are minus 114. I like OBJ's better than Jamar's. Yeah, I like Beckham's too. At 22 and a half, I feel like that's pretty good. He could catch easily a 40 yarder or maybe gets one in the middle of the field that's, you know, a 15 A dot and he runs for eight or nine. I like that. And again, the, the critical thing there too is he is not the go to receiver on, in, on that offense. He is the number two. Right. He is a number one receiver talent playing the number two receiver in that offense, which is going to help him get on, obviously, probably a weaker defensive back, which he should be able to exploit with his talent. Yeah. Yeah, I agree on that one. Um, although I don't hate chases too. It's 27 and a half. He's always liable to go for like 50 or 60 in a touchdown. You know what I mean? Maybe you take that 50 yard touchdown with him or cup at plus 225. That's probably better odds. Um, but I don't know. I don't hate it. His longest catch over 27 and a half. But Burke and I agree Beckham over 22 and a half is definitely um, one to consider. Another Samaj P. Ryan bet that I like. Smertz mentioned his receiving yards at eight and a half. How about P. Ryan over five and a half rush yards? It's plus 116. Can I interest anybody in that? It only takes Mixon to be out for like two plays for him to get over five and a half. What do we think? I'll defer to Josh because he's the P. Ryan guy over here. Smurts is the P. Ryan expert here. What do you think, Smurts? Five and a half rush yards plus 116. I agree. It takes only Mixon to be out a couple plays. I think that's worth the flyer. I just like those bets because they're fun. Um, and I'm glad, so Larry Gilman in the chat is picking up on my P. Ryan reference. That's a reference to uh, uh, he who should not be ma- named the Monday Night Football announcer who uh, famously announced Clyde Edwards E. Lair, uh made a big point to, to reference his name earlier in the season. Um, so and hopefully- I want to defer. Uh, there were some comments and chatter in the chat about me texting people, and I'm actually <laughs> texting somebody who is listening in on this podcast right now who is a Jacksonville Jaguars fan uh, when Ramsey played for the Jaguars at the beginning part of his career. Uh, yes. he was, and this guy's a diehard. You don't see many diehard Jags fans out there. Uh, he is saying no. that I'm sorry. Jalen Ramsey is overrated. Uh, oh, wow. And that if Jamar chase is being covered by Ramsey hammer, all the chase props is what he is what I'm being told. Wow. Okay. So we have some inside info from a, a, a former Ramsey supporter um, saying to take these chase props. I think Ramsey does shadow um, chase throughout most of this game. He's usually willing to take on that responsibility because he floats left and right side a lot. Um, so we have a lot of chase over support and that kind of goes with my chase 27 longest reception prop. So I'm going to make that uh, a good lock chase over 27 and a half longest reception Let's mark it down with Beckham over longest reception, 22 and a half. Take them both individually. You're going to hit them both. Smurts, you got a long shot for us. Actually, that, that's perfect timing. Because Excellent. I saw OBJ and Higgins both have 30 plus yard reception at plus 550. So they would both have to go, they would have to have like one catch, right? Not 30 receiving yards. They'd have to have one catch of 30 or more. That's right. Okay. So what's the case for Higgins? Because Beckham, I love getting over 30. And at plus 550, that's tempting. Well, that goes against what we are talking about Ramsey a second ago. But if we think that Ramsey's good and he's going to be covering Chase, don't forget about the other receivers that the Bengals have. You still have Boyd. You still have Higgins. They're both very talented. If Burrow can't find Chase, you know he's going to one of those two. 
Yeah, I agree. And you never really know who these Bengals are throwing to. So it could be one week he's throwing a chase, one week it's Higgins, one week it's Boyd. They've all had kind of breakouts throughout the season. That's not a bad bet at almost six to one. And again, we like to build these parlays as we think these games will go. So I think Beckham's going to get a 30 plus yard grab. And maybe if the Bengals are trailing late and trying to catch up, maybe Higgins is the one who rails in that 30 yard catch. You know what I mean? So at almost six to one, that's not bad. Speaking of that, if the game is kind of in doubt late and the Bengals have the ball, the game to end not in a kneel is plus 140. So the last play to not be a kneel down is plus 140. For it to be a kneel down is minus 170. I'm leaning no, plus 140, Burke. I agree, especially if I take that overtime, but you're guaranteed to not finish a game with Correct. a kneel down. So, if it goes to overtime, it's guaranteed to hit so that. So you could, you could bang a plus 920 going to overtime and a plus 140. It's, it's, that is the freest of money, in my opinion. I think so this is going to be in my opinion. In my, in my opinion, I think it's going to be, it's going to end on a kick, quite frankly. Well, and most of them have, right? The Bengals Chiefs game ended on a kick. The Rams Niners game, um, that oh, that ended down. on a kneel. I'm sorry. That was a kneel. But the, but the, the Rams Bucks game ended on a field goal. Yep. McPherson and the Niners the, had the ball. The McPherson, Niners had the ball with like a minute left, so it very well could have not ended. McPherson going to the AFC Championship game that ended on a game-winning kick too. So it's yes, the potential yep, is there. The Titans, it did. Yeah, so I don't hate that bet. Um, if you're looking at um, you know some other game-ending bets, um, let's look at some MVP odds. So obviously the quarterbacks are at the top of that. You have Burrow, I think, is plus two thirty. So, you know, if the Bengals win, it's probably him. Um, what would it take, Burke? And I'm going to ask you this question because you're probably more inclined than this than me or smarts for Evan McPherson to win the MVP. <laughs> I'd say you probably have to go at least three, three, you got to go perfect. At least three field goals, two from 50 plus, with one of them being the game winner. That'd be my opinion. So I, th I think he has to hit five. I think he has to hit five field goals. And like you said, probably at least one of them has to be 50 yards, probably the game winner. Do you know what odds he is? Do you want to take a guess? Right now? Yeah. I mean, I don't think they're changing. What is that, FanDuel? 10,000? Yeah. 10,000? Yeah, he's 100 to one. I mean, I'm not going to bet it personally, but I think there's a case to be made there. If he makes four or five field goals, one of them is from 50. Another one's the game winner. Maybe Burrow doesn't play so hot. Like there's some buzz around this guy, man. I don't know. hundreds of ones, not awful odds. Again, I'm not going to bet it. If they will win, it's going to be Joe one Burrow. Of, also one of my other props, we haven't really discussed it. And I, unfortunately you can't get it on FanDuel, which sucks. Um, but you can get it on some other books would be uh, obviously the kickers total points scored in the game. Uh, I'm willing to say that McPherson's probably around seven and a half in most places. He is seven uh, and a half. We looked this up before the podcast. Podcast. Don't look. Uh, don't don't pretend to know that offhand. No, I I actually I don't remember. So, um, uh, I I feel like that's a good bet to take over if if you have a book that gives it to you. Yeah, seven and a half is a good line. What do you think, Smurd? So basically, they're saying two field goals, two touchdowns, or three field goals, right? Uh, I, I like that. I like that. I mean we're thinking that they're going to be defending the end zone to the death. And so we, we got to expect a lot of field goals to be made here. Yeah. I, I'm kind of leaning the same. And I, I think I want to pitch two field goal props. So the longest field goal over 47 and a half yards 
is minus 114, just attempts, not made. So any field goal attempt over 47 and a half yards, I think that definitely hits at minus 114 because McPherson is so good. I think they'll try from 50. Like if they get to midfield, they're going to try. And then the shortest field goal, I also like that over 27 and a half yards at minus 110 because I think any of these teams get to fourth and short inside 20, they're going for it, right? I would say so. It's McVay's MO to kind of play the analytics and I feel like the Bengals in order to win this game, they're going to have to take a couple chances and I could be able to just sit back and uh, unfortunately kick field goals, which I wish they would do um, because it's almost guaranteed points at this point. But uh, I do feel if there's, you get a lot of uh, fourth and ones, fourth and twos deep in the red zone, I think you're going to see um, these teams try to go for it, but the defenses have lived up to the challenge so far. So I don't know how many times they're going to be able to convert, but we've been preaching it all season that, going forward on fourth down is better than kicking a field goal. Yeah, I agree. So I think that over 27 and a half is the shortest field goal is probably a good bet. What do you think? Absolutely agree. Yeah, they're going for it inside. And I love both of those field goal props, honestly, 47 and a half over 20, uh, longest field goal over 47, shortest field goal also over 47. Um, there was another one where it's McPherson field goal attempts. It was one and a half, man. One and a half at minus 120. Let's go over that, right? I feel that should be my lock of the year. <laughs> I mean, you're paying a little bit because it is minus 120, but over one and a half is that it just attempts, not makes. Is that happening? Seems a little too good to be true, doesn't it? it? It feels like a fixed line. It feels like they know something we don't. That's a fishy line. But I'm going to buy into it. I'm going to say McPherson over one and a half field goal attempts. I love that. Same. Uh, back, back to our MVP discussion. You can get any non-quarterback for plus 230. Any, any money there, Burke? Yeah, Cam Akers. My boy. I know Burke's got some Cam Akers, 30 to one or 300 to one, I think that's, um, but not, any non-quarterback plus 230, who's going to win it if it's not the quarterback, Smurts? You got to think it's, it's one of the stars, Cup or Chase? It's Cup, right? Because I, I think if the Bengals win, it's definitely Joe Burrow or or our boy Money Mac, who knows? But I think if the Rams win, like that NFC championship game, who's the MVP of that game? I think it's Cooper Cup. I think there's a chance mm -hmm. to be made for Cup, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So plus 230, you get all these guys. You don't really have to worry about it. If you're going anywhere, I like that. Um, back to the kickoff. Uh, so the kickoff winner to defer is minus 500. I know you're laying a lot on that minus 500, but McVeigh this season has never not deferred. And the Bengals have only not deferred once. So minus 500 seems like a steal there, man. Burke, can I, can I get you to lay minus 500 for a virtual lock? Again, I'm not touching any pre-game, pre-kickoff bets. But it has nothing to do with the actual coin toss itself. It's just trends, right? Sure it does. Sure it does. It's all on the coin toss at that point. But it doesn't, it doesn't matter who wins the coin toss. It's either of them to win. They'll, they'll defer. And I, everybody defers these. When's the last time we saw anybody choose to receive or kick? They all defer, right? They do, but you can't get me to lay minus 500 on anything. Yeah, look who, All look, right, that's, look, <laughs> look who you're talking to over there. <laughs> I know. I'm just trying to sell that as I think an almost a virtual lock and minus 500 is a significant big, but I think you're getting fantastic odds there. Um, and let's see anything else I didn't hit on. Aaron Donald, MVP, 18 to one. Any interest there? I think they're going to, I think he's going to cause a lot of disruption. But I don't, I don't think he's going to get the stats. I think it's going to springboard a couple other defenders to get through just because he's going to be taking up one to two guys on the line 
or two plus guys on the line every single time uh, when he's trying to rush. Um, and obviously the that's more off the stats sheet kind of stuff. Yeah. So I, I just yeah. don't, I know he's going to call He's going to be a problem, but I don't know if the stats, the final stat totals and the stat sheets are going to allow him to get it done. You rarely see it on a defensive lineman to win MVP. Yeah. If, I mean, 18 to one ever. doesn't seem high enough. Um, yeah. I don't, I, I don't like that a lot. I just wrote it down as something I might consider taking a look at. I think any under that you can find is probably a good bet. Trey Hendrickson to record a sack is minus 138. Paying a little big for that too, but I think he might get one. Uh, Smurts, any props you have on there we didn't discuss? Yeah, I want to go back to Aaron Donald. Okay. I don't think he'll be MVP either, but he is plus 350 to record the first sack. I don't hate that. I like that. I like that. First sack of the game or first sack for the Rams? First sack of the game. Yeah, why not? I mean, it's totally random, right? It depends on who gets the ball and, and what kind of scheme they're running. But Aaron Donald's probably as good a candidate as any to get the first sack, right, Burke? Him or Vaughn Miller, in my opinion. Sure, yeah. I mean, plus 350 for the best player in the game is probably a good odds. I, I like that a lot. It's safe. Um, Definitely safe. Yeah, I, I think that's a good pick, too. Um, Cooper Cup's receiving yardage prop was 104.5 last I checked. I think he goes over that. I know it's super high, but I think that guy just gets his receiving yards anyway. If you want to build like a same-game parlay, build it around what you think is going to happen. So don't just be picking all this random stuff. Build the game out how you think it's going to happen. So you want to go with Cup over, Rams win, um, you know, maybe Stafford overpassing. Those are three correlated items. So if one happens, the other two are also likely to happen. If you have like Cup over 100, Chase over 100, and then, you know, P. Ryan over eight and a half, those are three totally unrelated things. They don't increase the probability of anything else happening. So I would build my same game parlay, whatever you do to parlay, I would have them be related items. What do you think, Burke? I agree. I mean, you got to kind of project how in your head this game's going to play out. And if you can link stuff up, if, like you said, if one happens, better chance that multiple happen, which means more money for you in your pocket. Um, Correct. If you're kind of picking stuff that are unrelated, you're taking a random chance on a lot of things. Um, obviously, if you pick, you put, put all your eggs in the same basket too, and it, it no, nothing hits, you're kind of screwed. But yeah. typically, if you can envision, uh, in, in my eyes, I think these defenses are what got them here, which is going to lead to the under. Um, so you kind of want to look at typically the unders, maybe the kickers getting more opportunities than normal if they're not scoring touchdowns, which is why we're looking to take the, uh, the kicker over points props. Uh, and then obviously if not a lot of big plays in my eyes, Burrow's going to have to scramble, which is why I love his, his rush yard total going over yeah so again Burke correlating items and it, it's kind of fitting that I have smirts here because he's a very cautious investor and yet at the same time all of his parlays are these wild 30 to 1 uh, uncorrelated things are you building any same game parlays do you agree with our tactics yeah I, I can't argue with you guys that's that's the way you should do it now is that the way I have done it in the past absolutely not but <laughs> best practice I completely agree with you guys yeah, so you live and you learn, right? So you want to make these things correlated. Um, let, let's give out our best bets, our best prop bets offhand. And we're going to tweet all this throughout, you know, between now and Sunday. We're going to tweet this stuff out. But I want all three of us, and I'll give you guys a minute to look at yours because I think I have mine. I have mine. You've got your – you already know yours. You've already you've already pitched yours. Smurts, take a minute to take a look at this. But the best, like, you know, minus vague bet that we can make out there for the game. Burke, do you want to give yours since you know it already, I guess? 
My minus VIG bet for the game. Well, your, yours was Burrow rushing, wasn't it? Yeah, Burrow rushing yards over. Lock, lock of the year. Lock of 2022. So Burke's taken over 11 and a half or 10 and a half, I'm sorry, Burrow rushing yards uh, as his lock of the game. I think my lock of the game for a minus VIG bet, there's two places I want to go with this but I'm going to go with Odell Beckham over 63 and a half yards. I can't believe he doesn't get there. That's my lock of the game. Beckham over 63 and a half. That's my play. Smart. You got one for us. I'm going with the P Ryan over eight and a half receiving yards. I love that one too. So Smurts has P Ryan over eight and a half receiving. I have Beckham over 63 and a half. Burke has uh, Burrow over 11 and a half rushing. We'll tweet all these out for everybody. Close, close Burke, any props you, you missed? Close second McPherson over points. Yeah, McPherson over points. I also like him over one and a half field goal attempts, so that's probably a close second for me as well. Any props that you had on your sheet that we missed? Just trying to think of um, Matt Stafford interception. I think it's a guaranteed lock. Yeah, he likes that. I don't really like that one. I don't know. Smurts, anything we missed from you? No, we hit it all. Yeah, I, I, we threw out a lot of props tonight, and, and hopefully you guys were able to take some of them down. We are going to tweet them all out. Uh, one word answers to finish this out tonight. Burke then smirts. Game total 48 and a half over under. 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 Bengals plus four and a half. Rams minus four and a half. Who we got? Bengals. Rams. National anthem over, over under 98 seconds with no intel from any of us. Burke over under. Over. Under. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under on that one. I feel like it's quick for some reason. I don't know. Um, but hey, this should be a good Super Bowl. We've got it. You know, ensure, I would much rather seen Chiefs Rams, but I think this is gonna be enticing. We'll see Joey Burrow on the stage. No guarantee he ever gets back here, so hopefully he takes takes advantage of it. SoFi is a great stadium for people to watch the game at, so I think that should be in, enticing. Uh, the costume matchup is not ideal. I would have much rather seen the Bengals and the Whites, but that's okay. Uh, Burke, anything we missed tonight? Um, I think we hit on all of it. If not follow along on the Twitter, um, we'll be posting picks and updates as we see the lines move here and there throughout the next couple of days, uh, expecting a lot of movement, a lot of money being thrown down on Sunday, which could swing the line late in one direction or the other. You could probably get a lot of sharps playing one side of this thing, um, to swing it in their direction or the direction they feel is going to be the correct one. Um, so just, monitor our Twitter account as we monitor the lines and we look to help you guys out and profit the most on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, I agree. So check us out on Twitter. We'll be posting these lines. And again, the Super Bowl is the only game this week. So there's a lot more props, but they're a lot more accurate because the books only have one game to focus on. So you have to kind of snipe these lines that you think are wrong. Uh, but if you can't do that, don't worry, because we're here to do that for you. So follow us along on Twitter. Thank you for everybody who tuned in tonight and followed along on the YouTube channel. This is going to be posted on Spotify. I apologize for not posting last week's. Burke hasn't let me forget about it. I will post this week's episode. Smarts, thanks for joining us, man. Hope thanks this for having was, me, guys. Hope, he drove down from Canada literally just for this. He's turning around and going back, right back up north up. right after this. So I appreciate him coming in. Burke, appreciate your insight as always. And until next time, everybody, let's go make some money. Let's do it. Thank you.